Hey everyone, it is Matt from the Medusa Metacast back again. This is the second video that I'm going to release regarding some thoughts that I have on the current landscape of COVID. And this one is on COVID and democracy. And the previous one I released was about information in general, the nature of truth. And so go check that one out if you're interested. And I want to start this one off again as the federal employee that still remembers who they work for by reading an excerpt from the book that I pointed out on the previous episode. And this one is about power. And here's the entry that John Ralston Saul has in his book, The Debtor's Companion, on public power. The single purpose of power is to serve the public weal. There's nothing new about this. The encyclopedist said it clearly in the 18th century. The aim of all government is the well-being of the society governed. In order to prevent anarchy, to enforce the laws, to protect the citizens, to support the weak against the ambitions of the strong, it was necessary that each society establish authorities with sufficient power to fulfill these aims. Do those who gain power, administrative or political, understand this? Is the system in which they labor designed in order to make this possible? Does the sophistication required to succeed in contemporary technocratic systems turn power into the sort of self-justifying goal which rewards courtesanage rather than the service of the public wheel? These are simple questions which have been asked many times over the centuries. Each time the reply is of vital importance to the lives of those whose society is at stake. And so, the single purpose of power is to serve the public. And we employ people called representatives in order to make sure that that happens. But I've noticed that there seems to be somewhat of a disinterest in this in the modern era. And I think it has to do with the fact that maybe humans don't really like democracy. Now, I know that we have a romanticism about the concept of democracy because we were educated and told that Democracy is the best of all systems, um, you know, famously was uh, described as uh, democracy is a terrible system. It just happens to be better than all the other ones. And I think that some people have forgotten this, that the alternatives to everyone being able to represent themselves and individuals having worth and simply by virtue of having an existence that's defined as such provides you, from a philosophical and from a spiritual point of view, inalienable rights that would at least permit you, in some way, to be heard, and, if you so choose, to be represented by someone who would be tasked to do so. That is the foundation of a democratic society. But I feel like part of us just always wishes that I just wish this other group of people would do this, right? Or I just wish this other group of people would do the right thing. Or I wish other people would just do their part. 
it's the age-old cynical and selfish um, tendency that we all have to remain uncomfortable with the fact that other people live differently than we do and may have beliefs that they hold very strongly that are anathema to anything that we would hold dear, but that that doesn't diminish their capacity to contribute in a meaningful way to society. And I feel like we're in a situation now where a lot of citizens have been willing to offload their responsibility to make sure that cohesiveness is somewhat maintained within their community between people who believe things that are very different from one another in this respect with regards to vaccine mandates or vaccines in general, and they've offloaded that to the government. And so if the government can manage that problem for me, you know, I just don't like this group of people, they will take care of it for me, then what you're doing is permitting the government to more or less carry out your personal desire on another citizen, and you're using the government as a cudgel in order to have that happen. And it's anti-pluralist, and I know that we uh, always talk about Canadian unity and things like that, but unfortunately, part of our uh, lesser nature does not permit us to always believe that that's the case all the time. Now, another thing about democracy that should be kept in mind is while we are somewhat maligning the fact that we live in one because we just wish that we could tell other people what to do, is you have to remember that the authority that is acting on your behalf to carry out whatever desire you have, if you are on their side, allegedly, is terrible at everything. A government is uniquely bad at everything. And I don't mean that as a characterization of the employees. I am a federal government employee. I'd like to think I'm pretty good at my job. But that doesn't mean that a system that is riddled with bureaucracy and with completely endemic level numbers of lazy elites are going to be efficient at anything. They aren't going to have the expertise or the knowledge regarding humanity or actual program delivery or any type of social service that's going to be delivered in a manner that's going to be effective or as effective as it could be, right? And to an extent, we accept that. I accept that. It is what it is because it might be better than alternatives, just like democracy when compared to other systems. But if you realize in one hand that the government's not terribly good at anything it does, but then simultaneously on the other hand, being willing to relinquish any desire you have to pro-socially integrate with other people in your community, even though you might be at odds over a particular issue, and then you're relying on the government to carry out your desire on your behalf, what makes you think they're going to do it effectively? What makes you think they're going to do it well? It's very peculiar to me, and if anything illustrates the incompetence of the current government, it is the fact that they have what I refer to as the hammer syndrome, which is from a very old proverb um, that they didn't refer to it as a syndrome. I call it that, which is if all you have is a hammer, then every problem looks like a nail. And so apparently the only thing that the government has 
is power fundamentally, but in this instance, as far as tools go, the only tool they have is a vaccine, which could quite credibly not be called one at all. Now, if the only thing you have is that, well, then that's going to be your answer for everything, right? And you might be able to deduce from that um, situation or circumstance that maybe that's all there is, right? Maybe there isn't anything else. But the problem is that there are many other things. In fact, if you don't think there are other things that could actually assist you with maybe not transmitting COVID or um, maybe with uh, helping or assisting with reducing the severity of your symptoms, if you have uh, things that could reduce the comorbidity rates of it, maybe there are things that would improve your general overall health. An improvement in mental health would reduce your stress and stretch exacerbates every single um, illness or disease you could get, then certainly these would be made available, right? Um, we rely on the medical community to do that. And the medical community in many parts of the world have risen to the occasion, actually. There's tons of information out about that. In fact, if we were to assume that two years into a pandemic, that the only tool that still existed, the hammer, that apparently solves every problem that's a nail, that would really be a failure of the medical community, wouldn't it? If we to if we are to assume that that in fact is the case. But that isn't a failure of the medical community. It's a failure of government. And so the insistence that a government would still be grabbing a hold of that one hammer they have to hammer in every problem that looks like a nail, which is the vaccine solves everything, which apparently it doesn't really seem to solve anything. That is an indication of the ineffectiveness or the potential corruption of the government. And as a result, you as a democratic citizen should take issue with that because that means that they're not actually representing your interests. They're representing some other interest, which could be opaque or not, depending on how you look at the problem. Now, when it comes to the government and when it comes to my experience in dealing with the government, I wanted to share an experience I had that um, where I called an MP. This was about 10 years ago where I called an MP. And the MP and the issue is, is irrelevant for the purposes of this story. But I called uh, about something and I spoke with the MP himself. And he was very cordial and he listened to what I had to say. And I was very uh, humbled by the fact that even though I stated that I'm, I'm just one person calling, I know I may not represent a majority, but this is what I think about this and I don't approve of it. And here's what I think would be an alternative, etc., his response to me was surprising, and it was, don't be concerned about the fact that you might feel like you're the only person that thinks this and that you called in and I'm going to interpret you as being some lunatic. He had a rule, and it's not written anywhere, but this was a rule that he used for himself, and I really liked the rule, which was every person that calls in represents 100 constituents to him because Certainly everyone that has an opinion on something is not going to call into their MP. In fact, most people aren't going to. And so one person calling in is obviously representative of a larger population that may share that particular point of view. 
And I think that was a wise approach. And it makes me think a little bit about the freedom convoy that's happening. And people apparently have um, instantiated themselves in a position of cynicism and criticism regarding this particular um, endeavor. And you may look at the number of people that are there and you may look at the employment, right, or the job or career of the people that are there. But just because that may be a certain number and you don't think that number is very high, it certainly represents a, a, a portion of people uh, of the Canadian public that's far greater than what they actually um, than the numbers of people they actually have there. I said that very poorly. Uh, I'm doing this off the cuff in case you couldn't tell. But the number of people there um, certainly represent a greater number of people than could actually attend. Not everyone can go and do that, right? And these were people that were willing to go do it. And some of the cynicism that I've heard regarding uh, the Freedom Convoy um, has reinforced the concept to me that I don't know if people like democracy. And I'm not advocating for something besides democracy, but I just feel like people should maybe just admit that rather than defending themselves or concealing their own shortcoming behind cynicism and sarcasm. The fact is, is that many people, myself included, have tried to go through what we would call proper channels, and they seem to be fruitless. Pretty much every uh, agency that I've contacted either seems to be disinterested in pursuing a concern I have, they will claim that they're not responsible for it, or they'll say that they will absolve themselves of dealing with it because they're permitted to just veto their responsibility for it in order to manage a workload. And so at some point, if you're trying to actually combat something in a democracy, well, we permit people to protest to do that. I'm not even someone who generally likes protest. I have protested on very rare occasions for things, predominantly related to my work, but generally that's not my approach. I prefer to do other things, and I'm currently doing other things in order to solve or correct my own issues with this pandemic and maybe ones that affect other people as well. But you may not like protest, and you may not even like the Freedom Convoy. You may not like how it's being done. You may not like the inconveniencing aspects of protest. But the fact is, is if you're a taxpaying citizen and the government does something you disagree with and all of the proper channels have been exhausted beyond protest, and then as a result, you go and protest, if even then you don't approve of that, well, then how can you even claim that you like democracy then? How else does democracy even function? right? Tell me how that's supposed to work. And so I don't get how anyone can disagree with someone's um, desire to go and stick up for what they believe in. And I've heard cynical remarks regarding, well, the truckers are doing this protest and piggybacking off of maybe the larger scale mandates that affect everybody. But what really motivated them was the fact that they were now going to have to face these uh, this mandate as a result of the deadline for them being vaccinated fast approaching. And I hear this from people as if somehow this should be a delegitimizing commentary, as if not all protests are being done because of a personally held strong belief, usually born out of self-interest. In fact, I don't think I know anybody that's protested about something that specifically served their own interest, or at least 
It served their self-interest by proxy by sticking it for something that they have a great deal of emotional investment in. And so that's not a delegitimizing comment to make that maybe the thrust of their particular protest is born out of self-interest. You as an individual in a democracy, as I stated, that we learned or at least we believe to this day, have inalienable rights just by virtue of having value as a living human, you have the ability to then go and exercise your disdain for something through peaceful protest. That's something we acknowledge about democracy. And just like free speech, it's messy sometimes and we may not like it. But that is how a free society, allegedly comprised of free citizens, choose to communicate or convey their dissatisfaction with something when the other channels have not resolved their concerns. Now, you might be thinking, well, I did this. I did my part and I got vaccinated, which is a very sinister thing to say. And uh, I find it very anti-democratic and, and somewhat uh, brainwashy when that terminology was being thrown around, uh, that you should do your own part or do your part as if somehow there's a moralistic value that's attached to getting vaccinated, which was, again, something that you did for yourself, born out of your self-interest. You convinced yourself that it was being done for some moral reason because you're contributing in some way. But the carrot was being dangled in front of you that by doing this, this would have expedited, right, the return back to normal. It wasn't being done necessarily because you thought that, hey, I significantly think that this will assist me in a way where I'm not really concerned with any promises of life returning back to normal. And so the irony seems to be lost on people that most of the conduct they've done throughout the pandemic serves their own interests, but simultaneously they will reserve the right to criticize a convoy of truckers that are looking after their own interest. And maybe while they're at it, they could throw in looking after your interest as well, which I think is also funny because it's another testament to the fact that people don't like democracy because in a democracy, there's a really strong argument that all ships can rise together because if we all have individual worth and we end up having something that's universalized, such as rights or freedoms, then if an argument's made by one group of people, then we all benefit simultaneously. And so if the Freedom Convoy ends up being successful in eliminating or at least loosening the restrictions in some way, they're not the only ones that would benefit from it you and I would also benefit from it. And so what possible argument do you have to have, have some sort of cynicism or criticism associated with someone doing something that's taking on risk that you aren't taking on risk for and that if they're successful, you benefit from, right? It's one of these things where I feel like a deeply rooted part of the human psyche, this desire to control things or to wish that we were the monarch of a country and we are smarter than everyone else and everyone else should just do what they're told is uh, unbecoming of us as democratic citizens in Canada. But it, uh, it makes, uh, it makes what would otherwise be a very uh, personable human being into something very ugly. And uh, it ends up appearing like some people just want the world to burn um, 
or it, as long as they're the ones in charge of it. Uh, it's very, it's very concerning to me. Um, at the end of the day, there's a social contract that exists. I'm not referring to necessarily the one that Rousseau described um, in a literal sense, but we pay taxes. We have representatives. They act in our best interest, at least to the best of their ability. But a failure to do that is a breach of that contract. And it appears as if there's no punishment that can be levied against the prime minister. He's been found guilty of three Essex violations now, but the integrity commissioner doesn't seem to be interested in levying a punishment that would accompany those particular uh, findings, even though he's in a position to do so. So as a result, we have taught our politicians that we are willing to take it on the chin. We will do anything that we're told. And in fact, not only are we willing to do what we're told, but we'll try to criticize other people who refuse to do what they're told. Which is totally fucked up to me. It's very weird. And I'm concerned about people's understanding of what the function of democracy is. And that democracy functions best and is healthiest through participation. The average citizen, because you have value will keep it healthiest by participating. Instead, you are a bystander in a country where you have offloaded any responsibility you have to maintain its integrity to a government that will do what it pleases with your money. And if that means enslaving you or seeing how far you can be pushed or failing to just adequately persuade you of an argument... Well, then they'll do that because they're humans at the end of the day. And they succumb to the same shortcomings that we all do. And that's all I have to say about that. So I hope you like this video. I'm going to have one more that'll come out that has to do with humanity, maybe more deeply philosophical. But I wanted to just share some thoughts about this. Um, I encourage people to speak out more. This is me attempting to participate as a citizen. And even if I'm wrong, the fact that I've contributed something will potentially cause others to disagree with me or agree with me, but then it may motivate them to at least engage. And engagement is a form of participation. And so I'm okay with that, um, whether I'm right or wrong, because we need to start becoming more engaged in your own way. A democracy does not function through uh, passivity of the citizenry. And so we need to start putting down our cell phones. We need to stop uh, preoccupying ourselves with things that simply console um, aspects of our life that we find challenging. And we need to start becoming engaged with rectifying them in a manner. Okay. Um, we don't need any more band-aids. We need some actual surgery. So that's it. I hope you liked it. Take care of yourselves and one another. And, uh, I'll talk to you soon.